From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. Of uh, This is the story about Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. And um, just to preview this, I, uh, I met Jennifer when she was 15. I was 16. Uh, I was living in Phoenix at the time. I was going to a church called Christ Church in Phoenix. Uh, her family had just moved to Phoenix because her father accepted a position at Arizona State University to teach there. And uh, so they showed up for church uh, over the summer. Uh, she was 15. She may have even been 14, if, you know, because her birthday's in the middle of summer. So uh, I, I, I met her. I saw her for the first time, and it was, it was kind of like love at first sight. I, I can't explain it. Uh, we ended up do, do, we did end up getting married, uh, which was wonderful, and um, and it's been love at second sight, third sight, fourth sight. I mean, it's love, love, infinite love. Uh, I and I consider myself to be the most blessed man on the face of the earth. We really are, uh, in more ways than one, so incredibly fit for each other um, that I feel like I won the jackpot. <laughs> I won the lottery. Um, what is it? One of this proverbs says, blessed is the man who has a wife. Uh, uh, I don't know, there, but I'm definitely, I'm, I won out on that one. So anyway, that's my story. And I don't know what your story is, uh, but I bet it, I bet it's not like the story that we're going to read today between uh, Isaac and Rebecca. So uh, it is, this is probably, um, I cut and paste the, the scripture into this PowerPoint so that we can kind of blow it up and see it. And uh, as such, sometimes, uh, you know, it, it takes a few minutes to cut and paste the scripture into the PowerPoint. Well, today, there's like 60-something verses. I, I was going to check and see if this is the longest chapter in Genesis, but um, we'll find out at the end, I guess, if it is. But uh, this is a long, 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 long story. So... I think we'll probably read it without much commentary, uh, but we'll see, uh, and then then we'll reflect on it and what it means. So uh, we'll just go ahead and start into it. This is Ge Genesis chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from. So just um, can't, can't let this go too far without talking about it. Um, this whole idea of the servant, uh, put your hand under my thigh, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, that you will not get a wife for my son. This is actually, um, it's, it's, he actually didn't put his hand on the thigh. Uh, the hand was somewhere else. And uh, if you're a male, you're like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but you have to understand, well, here, let's put it this way. Have you ever wondered where the word testify comes from? 
and how the root word of testify is the same root word as the word testicles. <laughs> so apparently this is how they did it back then. I'm glad we don't do this today. Uh, although I suppose if you're in high school, college football, it probably, you know, it's probably close. I don't know. But basically, I want you to grab my testify and I want you to testify that you will get me a son from my daughters, the Canaanites. And so th this is what happened uh, in, you know, the, the biblical writer, uh, you know, uh, when they translated it, this is what they said. But um, that's that's what it was. And uh, we obviously don't do oaths this way anymore. Um, that would be I, I don't know what would happen if we did it that way. Um, certainly. You wouldn't want to break the oath. I mean, the whole purpose of it is the, um, the that uh, you know that is a very very sensitive part, and you and uh, so the whole idea of an oath is to you know I'm going to grab your most sensitive part and we're going to oath on this together. Um, that if you break the oath, then uh, you know it's it's not going to be good. So um, that's that's where that comes from. So then. Uh, so he, the servant says, what if the woman's unwilling to come back with me? Shall I then take your son back to the country he came from? So I want you to go. I want you to get a wife. What happens if I go there and I can't get a wife for your son? What do I do in that case? Well, let's see what Abraham says. He says, well, make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land and who spoke to me, and promised me on oath, saying to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. So, um... So basically, Abraham says, listen, go back to my home country. I want you to get a wife from my, my tribe back there. Um, and remember, a lot of Abraham's family is back there. And, uh, and the, the servant says, well, I'm going to go. I'll get a wife. What if I can't get a wife? And Abraham's saying, listen, this is, this is what God's ordained. And the angel of the Lord has already gone. He's already selected a woman for you to get for my son Isaac. So go, get the woman. But if... Uh, you know, I'm reading this wrong and you can't get a woman. Don't take my son back there. My son's promised land is here and he will remain here. I just want him to have a wife from from my, you know, from my home village. And um, if by chance you go there and you can't convince a woman to come with you, then uh, then you're completely released from this debt. But don't take my son. So go grab a wife, bring her back. If she won't come back, the deal's off. But don't take my son back there. This is kind of how I want this. My son needs to remain here in the promised land. So beginning of verse 10, then the servant left, taking with him 10 of his master's camels loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram, Naharim, and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneeled down near a well outside the town. It was toward evening. Uh, the time when the women go out to draw water. So <laughs> I just, the, uh, sorry, um, have a drink of coffee here. Mm. If you have seen the movie Aladdin, uh, or not the movie, but the Dis well, actually Disney created an, an animated movie several years ago when my daughter was young. So I was what, 
25 years ago. Uh, and then they came out with a live action movie of Aladdin. But this is uh, Prince Ali, right, coming into town with 10 golden camels and, um, and trying to lure somebody, uh, Prince Jasmine, I suppose, to come back. I mean, literally 10 camels worth of goods. So first of all, we know that Abraham is wealthy at this point. We know that he's got 10 camels loaded with goods. He's going to go into this town and see if he can find a woman that's willing to go back with him. And um, now in the Aladdin story, uh, the, the uh, Jasmine finds out that, that Prince Ali is really not a prince. Um, and uh, she's disappointed that he lied to her. Um, this doesn't seem to be a, 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 what happens in this story. Um, in this story, uh, Abraham sends his servants with 10 camels, but Abraham truly is wealthy and Isaac truly is a prince. I mean, this is uh, the only one who's not a princess would be Rebecca, um, who, who they're going to find. And uh, well, we'll just see what, what happens if the Lord is gracious or not. So um, let's see, we read, uh, yeah, so he had the camels kneel down near the well outside of town. It was toward evening, the time the women go out to draw water. So uh, this servant, this head of the servants with 10 camels loaded with goods, goes to the well in town, has the camels kneel down, and now he's just scoping out the women of the town. So, right? Uh, but let's see, I mean, of all the women, how do you choose which woman uh, is the one, the right one for Isaac, right? Surely the servant has to think about this for a little bit. Well, let's see what he says. So the servant prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for my servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So um, this is the test that the servant's done. He's prayed to God and said, listen, all these women, uh, when I see a woman standing beside the spring, uh, I'm going to say, hey, can I have, can I have a drink? And if the woman says, yes, I'll give you a drink and I'll give something for your camels too, then we will know that her heart is right uh, and her heart is pure. She shows kindness to strangers. And that's the type of person that I want for my master, Isaac. And so, Lord, please find this woman for me. Well, you know, is that going to happen? I mean, how often does, does that happen? You, you get kindness for a stranger in the land. But we'll see. Maybe it will. So we'll continue reading. So verse 15, before she had finished praying, Rebecca came out with a jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah. If you'll remember correctly, uh, we read about this. The, the backstory to the backstory of the backstory is that we read that Abraham had a brother. The brothers um, had a daughter, uh, had a, let's see, she was the daughter of Bethuel. But the brother had a son named Bethuel uh, who had a daughter, uh, named Milka. Anyway, we had the backstory for there. So, um, so I, I don't remember where we are. I kind of lost place. So before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out, yeah, uh, with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milka. 
who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. So he's basically part of the clan. It's perfect. It's exactly what he was looking for. Somebody from his clan. Um, this is He's related to uh, Abraham's brother, uh, Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, and she's a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. So this man, this woman comes. She's beautiful. She's the... She's the, you know, related in the tribe, everything you could possibly ask for. But, and she goes down and she gets her jar. What happens? Well, let's see. The servant hurried to meet her and he said, please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my Lord, she said. And quickly she lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. And after she'd given him a drink, she said, dun, 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 I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all ten camels. And without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Man. So, th this is everything he prayed for. Lord, find a woman if she gives me a drink, and then she gives a drink to my camels. That's the one, Lord. Um, and sure enough, this beautiful virgin comes. Uh, I mean, how often does beautiful, beautiful virgin show up to draw water for your camels? Most of the time, it's you know, it could be other people, but this is a beautiful virgin. I think uh, I think the ser the servants like she's the one. When the camels, this is verse twenty-two. When the camels had finished drinking. The man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing 10 shekels. And then he asked, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, born to Nahor. And she added, we have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. The young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, and he hurried out to the man at the spring. And as soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and had heard Rebekah tell what the man said to her, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. All right, so the story gets a little interesting here. Rebekah comes back. And she's wearing gold bracelets and a gold nose ring. And the brother Laban is like, Where, where'd you get all this stuff? And Rebecca said, well, I went out to draw water and I saw this man. Uh, and he's obviously very, very wealthy. He has 10 camels loaded down with goods. Uh, and he asked if there was room that, I could, that he could stay at our house. And I said, there's plenty of room. Why don't you come to our house? And, and as such, he gave me these gold bracelets and he gave me this nose ring. Uh, and Laban's like, money, 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 money. I got to go out. I got to go out and see this guy. So he goes out and he says, why are you staying? I prepared a place and a house for the camel. Um, 
So he so Laban goes out and he meets the servant and he says, "Yeah, come, come into my come into my house. We prepared a place for you." So let's continue reading. So the man went to the house and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels and water for him, and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him, but he says, "I will not eat." Until I have told you what I have to say, then tell us, say it, tell us, said Laban. Okay, so now this is the drama. Oh my goodness. So he goes to the homeland of Abraham. He sees the woman. She's perfect, fulfills all of God's requirements. She waters the camels, waters him. Um, but the question is, now the, the servant knows this is her, um, but can he convince her? Can he convince the family? Did he bring enough goods to be able to convince her to come with him to go back to marry his, you know, to marry Isaac? That is the drama and the tension in the story. Because you can have all the goods and you can have all the silver and you can have everything. But if the young lady says no, or if the family says no, then the whole deal is off. And if the whole deal is off, does he go back to the well and find another person to see if they're kind enough? Um, I mean, how does this whole thing play out? Uh, well, let's just find out. So the servant says this, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, bore him a son in her old age and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear an oath and said, You must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live, but go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. And then I asked my master, What if the woman will not come back with me? So, I mean, he's being pretty honest here, you know, brutally honest. He's like, my master said, Go get one. You know, but what if I go and I can't find one or she won't come with me? What's going to happen? So, you know, he's laying it all on. So he's telling them, you know, the whole entire story. And Abraham replied, The Lord before whom I have walked faithfully will send his angel with you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son from my own clan and from my father's family. You will be released from my oath if when you get to my clan they refuse to give her to you. Then you will be released from my oath. When I came to the spring today, I said, Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will, please grant success to the journey on which I have come. See, I'm standing beside this spring. If a young woman comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And if she says to me, drink and I'll draw water for your camels too, let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. And before I finished praying in my heart, I mean, I just got the prayer out. Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and she drew water. And I said to her, please give me a drink. And she quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and she said, drink and I'll water your camels too. So I drank and she watered the camels also. And I asked her, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor, whom Milcah bore to him. Then I put a ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arm. And I bowed down and I worshiped the Lord. And I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for my son. Now, if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so I may know which way to turn. Ha <laughs> ha. So, 
basically, um, I prayed to God, you know, first woman I see gets water for me, gets water for the camel. That's the sign. This girl came. She gave water for me. She gave water for the camels. She invited me to the house. So this is it. Um, this is either all a sign from God and you've got to follow God or uh, you don't believe it's a sign from God and, and, you know, God will probably curse you for not following God. But this this is this is my story, if you believe it or not. And uh, so this is the woman. Um, and so I'm laying it all before you. Will, you know, can let me know, should I should I turn back and be broken of the oath or can I have Rebecca as the wife of Isaac? Well, let's see what happens. Verse 50, Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebekah. Take her and go, and let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord, and then the servant brought out gold and silver and jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. And then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. So, um, yeah. So, yes, you may have you may have her. Uh, she can go back with you to, to marry Isaac. So the deal is done. He's so happy. He takes all 10 camels, unloads all the gifts, gives gifts to the mom, gives gifts to Laban. And, you know, remember, we, we've talked about this. Abraham is not cheap, right? Abraham is 10 camels loaded down with goods. Uh, this is, this is uh, more wealth than they've ever seen in their whole entire life. They can't believe their good fortune. Um, this is great. I bet it was the best meal that they had all night. They probably pulled out all the stops, gave him all the food he could possibly want. Life is good. Maybe. Because then they all go to bed content. But what happens the next morning? When they got up the next morning, he said, send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, well, let the young woman remain with us 10 days or so, and then you may go. But he said to them, do not detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, send me on my way so I may go to my master. And then he said, Let's, then they said, let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and they asked her, will you go with this man? I will go, she said. So um, they get up in the next morning and they're, they're like, well, we don't want to lose Rebecca. Can, can she stay with us for 10 days? And he said, listen, I got to get back to, I got to get back to business here. I've already given you all this dowry and stuff. If she leaves now or she leaves 10 days from now, she's going to be gone. You may never see her again. Um, sorry about your grieving heart and all that. And well, let, let's just see what Rebecca says. So they bring in Rebecca and they say, Rebecca, it's all on you. Do you want to go now or do you want to wait 10 days? And, um, you know, I don't know what would have happened. Uh, you know, if, if Rebecca said, you know, I'd really like to wait 10 days. Um, I'm sure that he would have waited 10 days, but, um, but Rebecca says, I will go. I remember, uh, when Jennifer and I were living in Phoenix, I was working for an engineering firm and the firm had asked me to open up an office in Denver. And, um, and I'd, I'd spent 32 years in, in Phoenix, my whole life in Phoenix practically, except for some college years. 
Um, and, um, you know, once you make a decision to leave a place that you've known for a long time, like for me, you know, spending 32 years in Phoenix, but once you make the decision, I'm moving, it's like, it's, it's going to turn into a next chapter. There's so much to do. There's so much, I mean, uh, you can't just, you can't dilly-dally, right? Once you've made the decision, the best thing that you can do is just to move forward with that decision. Um, you know, say your goodbyes, but then move forward. And Rebecca, to me, um, shows a lot of maturity here. She had, you know, however many virgin years she had with her family, but now she was going to move on a new adventure. And she's like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's, let's do it. I'll say goodbye and we will move uh, and I will go back. So that actually to me shows a lot of maturity for Rebecca uh, to look forward. Um, and and, and uh, that's kind of who her character is. So let's continue on. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister may... Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of the enemies. Then Rebekah and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Be'er Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac, and she got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? Well, he answered, He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. So, um, so this is the first time that they're going to meet. They're coming back. Isaac is out in the field meditating. She's coming on the camel. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't know, you know, what Isaac is going to think about this. You know, it's like he might say, you got to be kidding me. This is <laughs> this is whom you've gotten for me. You couldn't have done any better than this. Um, but, you know, well, let's see what happens. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. And Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So this is kind of a love story. I just, I like this story. Um, you know, here's my, here's uh, Abraham with all this wealth, go to get 10 camels. And it, it, you know, it could have, it could have gone a lot worse. It could have, if you know anything about how wealth attracts wealth, um, if anybody else in the village had seen the wealth of these camels, you know, the wealthy guy could have pushed his way and said, I want my daughter, you know, and gotten all the wealth for himself. Um, but it, it, it's, um, it's more a story of, of chance and God uh, and the angel of the Lord going before the servant and saying, this is the one that you, that you should have. And this beautiful virgin girl comes out uh, and he goes back uh, and Laban and his mother, um, you know, they, uh, they're kind of enamored by the wealth, but they let, they let uh, Rebecca go. And Rebecca comes back and meets Isaac for the first time, and they fall in love. And I just, 
I don't know. It just gives me warm fuzzies. That's that's almost a Disney movie type of ending, don't you think? Um, Isaac uh, Isaac found a very very beautiful woman, you know, to be to be his wife, and Abraham gets his wish, and all is good with the world, and um, that's the way it should be. Uh, and Abraham can die in peace, and uh, and Isaac we can see Isaac who was completely you know infatuated with his mother can now you know be at peace because he was comforted by the fact that even though his mother died now he has Rebecca and Rebecca and Isaac you know are just they're twitter pated i mean that's that's how i read this and um so i guess we'll leave the story there um we'll see what happens uh in the next chapter when we get together tomorrow and uh let's just close in prayer uh, gracious god uh, thank you for the blessings of this day. For all of us who have been blessed by wonderful spouses, we thank you. Um, we thank you for the gift of love. Be with us until we meet again. In Jesus' name.